From cosmetic industries to the health field researchers, we see the phrase anti-aging quite frequently. This, of course, makes sense given that as society improves, our lifespan becomes longer and we spend more time dealing with aging struggles. Aging worsens and decreases our body's regenerative and metabolic rates. As a result, a new focus in medical research rises and aims to understand ways to cure aging. Is this doable? Will it be safe? What are the ethical implications? Well, let's talk about it. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Bluetooth Bacteria Podcast. This is your host, Angel. If you're new to the podcast, we're a part of the Pittsburgh iGEM team, and our goal is to talk about synthetic biology and its current application in the field. Today, we'll be talking about finding a cure to aging. Does trying to cure aging make sense, broadly speaking? There is one idea which says that in the context of entropy, an organism cannot live forever. An organism represents an ordered system in a disordered universe, and it can exist through breaking down sugars, fats, etc. to increase entropy in order for it to survive. Allowing a region of order would violate the second law of thermodynamics. Small aberrations and mutations build up, causing aging and later death. In a way, aging and death will be inevitable. Synthetic biology can increase the number of healthy, healthy years that we live, but it may be theoretically impossible for us to completely cure aging. So, while none of the potential solutions we'll be discussing today would eliminate aging as a process, they can help us alleviate some of the issues brought on by age. The first potential solution is something I actually heard from my genetics professor. While ending lecture one day, he told us that he takes supplements which repl replenishes a compound known as NAD+. Curious, I ended up searching more about it while procrastinating on my genetics homework. <laughs> it turns out that there's a ton of companies selling nicotinamide riboside, which is a precursor to NAD+, with a promise of improving your health. So what is NAD+, and what does it do to our body? Oh, I know about NAD+. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, took um, this uh, biochemistry course, and... In almost every metabolic process, there's NAD+. Oh, I hear that. I do. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's an electron carrier. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, important for um, electro electrotransport chain, yeah. producing ATP. Your gas cycle, all that jazz. Gas cycle. And then as we age, our NAD plus levels start going down. So, and I think that the current research, I mean, the current drug that's being developed, nicotinamide riboside, it, there is some success with improving health in animals who take these supplements, but scientists are not really certain if the same positive result can be extrapolated to humans. Have you guys, other than it serving as an important key factor in metabolism, have you guys heard about using NAD plus as an anti-aging drug? Yeah, I've read about it, that you can take a, a supplement for it. I think I've also heard that as you get older, you should take these supplements. Mm -hmm. I don't know any specifics about it, though, besides its role in, like, metabolism. I don't know why it goes down when we get older. Actually, 
I think scientists say that the reason why NAD plus levels go down as we age is because the enzyme which breaks it down, the expression of that enzyme is actually increased with age. This enzyme, I believe, is known as CD38, and its activity and the expression of this protein increases with age. One of the reasons which explains this phenomenon is because as we age, our body ends up breaking up more in zombie cells or what is known as senescent cells. Also, just so you know, we'll be going over more in depth into what senescent cells are and how that affects aging a little bit later into the podcast. But essentially what senescent cells do in the context of NAD+, is that it's able to secrete more of CD38. So another approach to using NAD+, is through stem cells. I'm sure you guys probably heard about using stem cells as a therapy for just a multitude of things. Stem cells help us regenerate the damaged cells and tissues in our body. Since aging is accompanied by the decline in the number of stem cells, some scientists are looking at ways to replenish our stem cell supply to slow down aging. One of the most popular type of stem cells to use for therapy is known as multipotent mesenchymal stem cells, or MSCs for short. MSCs have the potential to be able to divide into a multitude of different cell types. They can also move to areas with inflammation and initiate healing. There actually have been case studies where older patients have received stem cell therapy and saw positive results. The last proposal that we're going to be discussing today is to attack the zombie cells in our body. As we grow, our cells must divide and replenish themselves. Every time your chromosomes replicate during division, you lose a little bit of DNA at the end of the chromosome. This end section is known as telomere, and it serves as sort of a protecting cap so that it will get shortened instead of your important genes. But as your cells undergo division, you can lose your telomeres. Once the cell loses its telomeres, it becomes a zombie cell, or what is known more technically as a senescent cell. These cells can stay in your body for a long time and cause harm to the tissue surrounding it. Although zombie cells are normally removed by your immune system, you end up racking more senescent cell with age since your immune system will weaken. The accumulation of zombie cells is linked to diabetes and kidney failure in older adults. There are actually several potential treatments scientists are looking towards to kill off your senescent cells. One method is using drugs known as senolytics to induce cell death. Some of the limitations with using senolytics is that they don't, have, they don't allow for selective deleting. Other studies have taken advantage of using modified proteins to induce apoptosis with senescent cells. Injected into aged mice, these proteins significantly reduce number of senescent cells. So other than the methods that we've talked so far, do you guys know any other potential solutions people are looking towards in terms of trying to find cures for aging issues? I don't remember the exact mechanism of this, but I read a paper where they um, had a older mouse and they connected the circulatory oh, yeah, system yeah. of I a remember, smaller I mouse. Remember this. Yeah. And it was, it was something about the blood. Yeah, by combining the circulatory, yeah. the younger mouse 
was a lot healthier. Yeah. I don't remember why though, but doing that just sounds a little bit unethical to me, <laughs> yeah. especially for a human. It, it conjoining people together. I mean, how are they gonna do? I don't know. I learned about it during this video where they were talking about very random in like England. One of like one of the queens used to bathe in like the blood of like young girls, <laughs> and there was <laughs> and then this. Then they brought up this experiment and was like, oh, maybe, maybe she was onto something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know so much about blood, but I do know that there have been studies to show that the behavior and therefore the lifestyle and the, the general health of older people um, is improved by being in the presence of younger people. So, uh, so basically, if there's an 80-year-old that's taking care of a grandchild or a great-grandchild that's maybe two or three years old, even if the old person might not have the energy to keep up with that young, that young person, they'll kind of balance each other out and the young person will be a little bit more mellow and the older person will have more energy. Uh, kind of like, that might be more of a social thing that causes that, but there are actual psychological and physical benefits that both parties can get from that kind of interaction. So there have been, uh, so with these studies, one of the conclusions was that it, it might be ideal for especially like nursing homes mm -hmm. to be over elementary schools or to be near elementary schools and near playgrounds and things like that where they can interact with or at least observe young children just through sheer I guess willpower mental power you know influence of the mind can actually affect their health and their and their longevity and that brings up another good point is like your environment also plays a large role in, in aging. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of stress factors in your life mm -hmm. that would increase your aging. Mm -hmm. uh, or do you smoke? Do you wear sunscreen? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's more for like wrinkles and to mm -hmm. protect from UV damage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess also with like what you eat too, it plays a big factor. Not only, I guess, like in what uh, what you look like, but like in your in just in your general health as well. That could like that ticks away at your years at least. Yeah. Like yeah. include. I mean, that also goes back a little bit more with like what we were discussing uh, last podcast. But um, that, yeah, like including a lot more like greens in your diet as well. Like has a lot of um, health factors and like cutting out like red meat and things like that. So it's just like little changes. Yeah. And uh, just kind of going back to the telomere thing, yes, the senescent cells have a lot to do with it, but also when you, as you get older, you, your, te your telomeres in general are just smaller because at, every time that a cell replicates, you know, it cuts down. And as you get older, like, I think it's every seven years, every, all of the cells in your body have replaced themselves. Well, by the time you're, you know, 70, that's happened 10 times. By the time you're 80, it's happened another time and a half with each time that you've replenished all of your cells, they're shorter. So their lifespan is shorter. Basically it's like the telomere is like the lifespan of that cell line. And um, there was a, there was a, a podcast that I listened to recently that kind of goes into um, this theory that basically we evolved um, to favor youth, right? Because all, what, what matters most is the time span where you're reproducting, where you're reproducing, right? In the theory of evolution, mm -hmm. it's all a matter of, who can reproduce and, produ and produce the most offspring to pass on their genes. So 
having a short telomere is helpful in things like cancer because cancer cells basically they they live forever because they have telomerase which is the enzyme that creates the telomere turned on which is usually only turned on in the embryonic stages and it turns off and it doesn't turn back on the rest of your life but in these cancer cells the telomeres kind of self-replicate and they and they keep extending and so the cell has no timeline that defines its lifespan which is part of why cancer can can be so dangerous and can and can we can actually study it very easily because it, it's almost it, it's almost immune to death right something that that you know ha- having the long telomere that that might be one way to theoretically live forever to to reduce the effects of aging you know to turn that telomere telomerase back on and to, and to extend it but then there's the whole um dilemma of if it's extended then the cells won't have any control, any regulation if they replicate too quickly, right? That's why cancer becomes such a big tumor because the cells are replicating super, super quickly, becoming very sickly cells, but they have no end in sight. They don't become senescent cells that die. They don't become zombie cells, you know? So, So there's like that whole dichotomy of, yes, we know that this causes the end of life, but it's short so that we don't have, so that we're protected from cancer, right? So like, what, what else is there that it, it happens later in life to cause the end of our life, but it's also there to preserve the start of our life? How, much, how many things in our life do we just take for granted as part of aging and forget that maybe it's, maybe it's just necessary to live in the first place, you know? I think yeah. of like most, most solutions it's about like finding the right amount and the right balance. Because I think if you take too much of anything, whether it's fixing your telomeres or um, just (laughs) like taking vitamins. I think the question about, like we're talking about aging, like it's a bad thing. How do we stop aging? Um, I think like that's not really what they're trying to do. I think the goal is to, so people are living a longer lifespan for like before the lifespan was like 30 years old, then it was 40 years old. And now we're living to what? 80s, 90s, 100s. And then we have this, like after we retired, we have like how many years that we're just not, these people are not, they don't have the strength or they're, they're sick mm-hmm. during this time. So I think the goal is just trying to, to find a way to not necessarily expand your lifespan, but to increase the number of healthy years that you live within your lifespan. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think that brings back to like the original, we sort of discussed about originally with the idea of entropy, and how it's most likely theoretically impossible to eliminate aging. But it won't be impossible to eliminate some of the effects of aging on you. And then I think also it brings up to this idea, like what Leah mentioned, Generally, it's not just our physical body that favors youth. Our culture, especially I think in the U.S. and in the Western world, it favors youth much more than older people. I don't know. And I'm thinking like, is trying to find a cure for aging, would it just sort of increase, this is like known as ageism, would just sort of increase our negative perception of older people and aging? like yeah we're talking about anti-aging anti-aging how do we stop aging well some people be like what's wrong with aging yeah, it's enough right. everyone ages it's 
like it's a part mm -hmm. of life. Yeah. I've actually yeah. one of my and one of my classes. It's like this mind and medicine class where it's just talking about the ethics of all sorts of things. And we had this one question it was like, is aging a disease? And we read a paper where this uh, guy argued like aging is definitely a disease and that we should treat it like a disease, which was, it was a little mind blowing. Cause it's like everyone ages. Then he argued just because something isn't inevitable doesn't mean that it's not a disease. So like you can get a cold, that's inevitable. Everyone gets a cold. You can't say that it's normal. I don't know. It was, it's, it's a weird, that was a weird argument, but that's also, mm -hmm. but I definitely agree. And if you are considering like trying to treat aging, I guess as a disease, then you have to consider like, is it going to be a situation where only uh, people who can afford these treatments just never age. So we have like celebrities and, and movie actors, they just never age because they have just money. Money. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez, that woman does not age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this is kind of, uh, this is related, but it's, it's not exactly on the same trail. I don't know if you have read Brave New World. Yes, yes. No. Well, uh, basically, it's a society where people don't have families. They're just society produces um, babies in in like a factory. The the part that's relevant here is that um, once they've reached the prime of their life, they take certain medication and eat certain diets or whatever, so that they don't age physically. Oh. Um. So so they appear to be at the prime of their life until they die. But the process of dying is far more extreme because of it. It's it's basically the the chemicals and the and the medicine of that world is such that it will preserve the human body at at what what appears to be prime. I, I feel like if if you're aging, that's part of the process of getting accustomed to the decay that's coming. You know, like it's it's a way of coming to terms with the end of your life and and kind of to appreciate what you had in your youth that might it's probably mostly i'm thinking that way just because that's how everybody's always lived if if people could die very aggressive deaths but only at the end of their lifespan they might not know when the end is coming you know and and if they don't know when the end is coming um when they're voting when they're considering um, policy and it might cause a different outlook than what current older populations, how they treat, you know, government and such things like that. Here's another thing to consider, overpopulation. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was thinking about that, especially like in the, my ecology class, as we were talking about, you know, no one dying and we just like build up. That would be immensely disastrous for us and the environment. Yeah, to tie everything in back together, we can see that aging is quite a complex process and it seems that so far it's theoretically impossible for us to solve aging as a process in total. However, with the help of synthetic biology, scientists are looking at ways to provide solutions for many of the issues brought on by age. So thank you for tuning in to Bluetooth Bacteria podcast today. 
Until next time.